Welcome to the Slog Pod with Dustin and TJ. In this podcast, we embark on a journey to explore the intricate relationship between our work environments and mental health. So today we take on an example. Let's put it in real time and see if we can't improve upon what we've identified with as a potentially bad outcome. Is that okay, TJ? Yeah, and I have a, a, a very deep, deep bag of examples to provide. <laughs> uh, I've been itching to do it, so I'm, I'm excited we've gotten to this point. All right. Here's the situation. Okay. Once upon a time in my working career, I was presented with a situation where the organization that I was with, myself and a couple of my team members had had a lot of conversations about all the things that we thought could improve or you know, gaps we saw in our processes. We, we had some ideas. And you know, I'm really good at like diagnosing what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Not always great about the solution, but I'm, I'm pretty good, as you can probably tell, at you know, pointing out, okay, this something's off here or there's an inefficiency or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was certainly the case in the situation. And I was probably leading the charge to some degree with my coworkers. I don't know that they would have felt empowered to really ever say any of this out loud, but that's where the conversations were going because I was just trying to to recruit some allies, so to speak, to eventually present upward to our leadership team some ideas we had for improving things. And these were operational things. This, this, it wasn't personality involved. It wasn't, you know, oh, someone rubbed me the wrong way and this is the solution. It really was, there were some, some serious process-related things that we identified that were problematic for the organization and its outcomes. And we wanted to present not only what the problems were, but also some solutions that we had come up with for ways to address that. Were you asked for those solutions? We were not. We were not asked. These were unprompted, unsolicited. So you're kind of going somewhat, it sounds like above and beyond in in trying to find Sure, I guess. I mean, I've always approached work that way. Like if I see something that needs to be fixed, I want to be a part of the solution. Sure. So this was no different, but yeah, ostensibly because we hadn't been asked to do any of this. Okay. We were going above and beyond, but I just looked at it like, hey, this is a, you know, the company hired me to do a job and I think I can do a better job if certain things change. Okay. Like we're going to be better for this if we, if we're willing to go there. And so my coworkers and I, we came up with, you know, a basic outline of problems identified or issues that, that we knew were there. And several, what we thought were creative and um, thoughtful, intentional solutions to start addressing these things. So we scheduled a time to meet with our direct supervisor to have this conversation. Looking back, we might have been a little bit wiser about giving her a heads up about what the conversation was going to be about. And the reason I say that is her immediate reaction when we had this conversation was instantly defensive. Right. The supervisor went into defensive mode immediately. And I can only assume why that would be. But a guess that I would have is she wasn't aware of these issues. Right. She was removed enough from from the front line, so to speak, that she probably wasn't even aware that these were problems needing a solution. Okay. So that probably caught her off guard. She felt a little bit perhaps blindsided or attacked or whatever. But we, we went through our outline, we elaborated on why these were issues and why the solutions we were proposing might be effective. And throughout the entire interaction, just really felt like 
Like this supervisor was on her heels about everything we were saying. Okay. And we, we really laid into her. I mean, we, we laid it all out there, didn't really hold anything back. And we felt good about what we had prepared. Sure. Right. We didn't just say, oh, here's all the problems. Can you fix them? We said, here's the problems we're identifying. Here's our solutions. And we thought, well, this is, this is diplomatic. Well, that, (laughs) that sounds pretty great that you guys were all at least coming together to not just, I think we all complain about our workplaces. But it sounds like yes. you, you were at least as a group were coming together and, and not just identifying problems, but were identifying possible solutions. Correct. But the bad or the poor outcome that I identified or that I took away from that interaction. Right. That's my next was, question for you. What what's the what's the poor outcome in all of this? That's usually tough to find. So what are you identifying as a probable poor outcome? Well, the poor outcome, at least from from my side of the table from that interaction was I didn't feel like we we really got anywhere. Okay. Okay. I feel like just based on the response and, and just, you know, how that conversation ended, I, I just left that that interaction or that meeting feeling like, okay, that didn't go as we thought. Okay. There wasn't there didn't seem to be an appetite to acknowledge the problems and accept what we were offering. Mm-hmm. And we've used this word before in, in previous episodes. I felt a, a bit dismissed. Sure. By that. There was a follow-up interaction, a follow-up conversation we had. And in that follow-up conversation, to the supervisor's credit, she circled back and addressed all the things we'd talked about. Okay. Which mm-hmm. to me, to my mind, is not being dismissive. Sure. The fact that she took the time to actually you know, digest what we had put out there and then come back to us, I thought was, was a very good thing. But the poor outcome that came out of that was as she circled back and addressed those things, it was very, very directive and again, very defensive saying, well, here's the reason that problem exists and here's why we're not going to do anything about it. And it turned into, you know, like a, a 30 minute monologue from her to us, basically, I don't want to say shooting down our ideas, but saying things that indicated to me there was, there was not a motivation on either her part or, or higher up to actually do anything about the problems we'd identified. They were either kind of a kick the can down the road kind of response sure. or, you know, or just outright, that's not something we're going to, we're going to address. So can I ask so the, you to hone in on more of, again, what the, what's, what's the poor outcome? Because I think we, in whatever workplace situations we've been in that, and this seems like something that's relatively common, that there's a lot of reasons that we don't see why things don't happen and that she's, that's what she brought to you. So I guess, you know, give me the, the real point and what, what, what's the poor outcome? Where should we start the questions? Well, the poor outcome for me, again, just personally was I was disappointed Mm-hmm. that I was being dismissed or that my ideas were being dismissed. Okay. The poor outcome for the organization is the, the problems persist. And, you know, this happened quite a while ago. Sure. But if none of those solutions were ever implemented, then I, I have to assume as a poor outcome, those problems are still there and possibly even worse. So it seems to me, sorry to cut in on you, that there's several possible poor outcomes. And 
you're talking a lot about poor outcomes connected to the emotions you had from it, which is yeah. understandable. But then you're giving yourself a new thought, right? You're telling yourself something in that, in that moment, correct? Yeah, I am. And what is, what is that? Can I ask? I'm telling myself that I'm not respected. I'm not valued because my input wasn't accepted or implemented the way I thought it should be. And can I assume the rest of the team felt the same way? I think that would be a fair assumption. Okay. Well, that seems problematic on a few levels. Like you said, I think the most obvious poor outcomes is that nothing's being done about it. But I think the less obvious poor outcomes is that you now have a team that thought that they were going above and beyond and providing these great solutions and working towards finding solutions and then are feeling not only frustrated or angry, but I think a deeper, more complex emotion is the dismissiveness that you talk about. Mm -hmm. And that that's leading to you feeling probably the thought that you're giving yourself, right? That's a new belief. It's a new cognition. It's a new way of looking at something is that probably has something to do around trust, right? Can I trust that this organization is going to do something to better the environment? Can I, am I, you know, safe to say these things without being ridiculed for saying these things? Are they actually going to value me or respect me? That seems, and even, and, and if you've got an entire team thinking that, it doesn't seem like in the future that you'll be likely to come up with solutions for problems in the future. Is that correct? Correct. And we never did. Right. Well, to me, Looking that seems, and that's what I'm, it seems like there's a waterfall of problematic outcomes that are happening there that aren't going to be, right, that aren't going to be taken care of for a long time. So this is where I think we've kind of understood an event or, you know, the behavior that occurred with your, with this discussion between your team and this particular supervisor, manager, leader, correct? Yes. And that we found a number of problematic outcomes and that those seem to be needed to be, well, remedied. Is there, and again, I think it's important to understand that you've now come to a different thought and that you're likely to reinforce that thought. But I also want to, you know, as, as we kind of talked about in our last episode, that we need to ask many more questions. So I guess you walked away from this feeling these ways and giving yourself a new thought. Well, that thought, I think it's important for us to, to understand that that itself could be a distortion. It could be something that's not entirely accurate right? We don't have all the information. So if mm-hmm. that's the case, can I ask you some other questions? And we're obviously doing this anecdotally because that leader isn't here. That manager isn't here, right? So is there something you can ask yourself? Like, and here's some of that empathy. If you could put yourself in that, in that leader's spot, what were they thinking? If you could just venture a guess. Oh, and I have, you know, I certainly reflected on that what she might have been feeling and thinking and believing based on our initial presentation, mm-hmm. if you will, and then how that might have shaped how she responded to us. And what is that? How do you think she again, was feeling? Again, these are just assumptions. Okay. But that's these all are, we've these, got right now. And it's good and to this do is, that. The thoughts I had about it when I was reflecting on it were really like, okay, if I was in her shoes, mm-hmm. which I have been in, I've been in her position many, many times. Mm-hmm. So I understood, or at least I had a, a pretty good guess where that some of that was coming from. I think certainly there was an issue of, again, feeling a little bit blindsided, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not super common for people to 
to speak truth to power. And it's even less common, I think, for people to speak truth to power wholly and truthfully. So give me the emotions that you you think that she might have been feeling. So some emotions she may have been feeling would have been less than feeling like, oh, okay, these are things I, as a leader, I should have known were there. Hmm. And my team are the ones who had to bring it to my attention. So am I, am I not paying enough attention? Did I miss that? So maybe a feeling of, of inadequacy okay. might've been present. Again, the feeling of being a little bit attacked or blindsided. Sure. Right. Feeling like, oh, these guys are talking about me behind my back and they don't, maybe they don't think I'm a good leader because they even had to do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they expected me to, to have all the, the answers right away or whatever. Huh. So she might've um, felt threatened. Threatened. That, yeah. That's a good, that's a good catch all mm-hmm. for how she might've been feeling. Hmm. And if that's the case, again, kind of going back to that framework, what, what do you think she was telling herself in that moment? You, you're, you're alluding to it. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Right. Which is, seems the most common thing that people tend to run back to, especially if that's an open wound for them in many circumstances. Is there anything else that could have led her to that you think might've led to that? I mean, you don't know her background. You don't know, right. You just know, I, I would imagine a certain, some of her professional history at best. Yeah. And what would lead to that potential inadequacy? Because that seems like I mean, she's been given this position assumptively for a reason. And if that's the case, it doesn't seem like a good place to be that her feeling threatened. If that's the case, we gotta, we're kind of assuming it is, but it seems, seems likely that if that's the case, that that's driving what is probably a problematic thought for her and then more a different behavior for her because now she's being dismissive. Correct. Right. And that may not even be her intention. It probably isn't. And again, having put myself in her shoes, mm-hmm. based on my experience, a lot of times as a leader, we're, we are, we're, we're listening for what the problem is and our mind is going right to, well, how do I fix it? Mm-hmm. What, what has worked in the past or what's been expected of me? What is the company culture? You know, how does the company culture inform how I'm going to uh, address this? A couple environmental factors that probably came into play with that interaction. Mm -hmm. The team that I'm talking about comprised of all males. Okay. She's the only female in this interaction. Okay. I'm, I'm certain, you know, Mm -hmm. even in, in, in 2024 to this day, we still see issues of, of power dynamics and gender roles in the workplace. Sure. You know, who knows what her, her prior experience was, but there could have been things that happened to her earlier in her career. Mm Mm-hmm. That would have made her a little bit more susceptible to to feeling harmed or wounded, right? Defensive. By how we approached it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, these are guesses, sure. But I think the fact that we're, that we're even talking about them and thinking about them shows that you know we're going a little bit deeper than just saying, "Oh, well, you know, she's not a good boss." Well, she is a good boss, but in that interaction, like you said, there were some poor outcomes that came out of it, and it wasn't through an intentional, like, "Oh, I I want to make these guys mad and." make them feel disempowered. I don't think that was the intention at all, but that was still the outcome because of whatever else was going on Sure, with her. Sure. Well, as you talk about it right now, you had said we've, we've continued to use the word dismissive or, or being dismissed, right? As being a feeling that you had mm-hmm. that was driving thoughts about you and your professional life. Yes. How do you feel now having 
thought that there might be reasons behind that. Well, I certainly feel less dismissed as I reflect on it because, again, I don't think that was her intention. It, nothing mm-hmm. was said to us that would indicate that was her intention to just that be outright dismissive. Sure. I guess I have a bit more compassion for the position she was in, mm-hmm. understanding that it probably wasn't just what we said and, and the information we presented that did that, sure. that created that interaction. It was a whole bunch of things, most likely, on both sides of that table. Mm-hmm. Right. What was the impetus for us to even think we, we, we should do that to take that on? Right. There's, there's something going on there too with us that, that may speak to other things mm-hmm. um, in that situation. So I guess I have a, a, a bit more of a, a, a wider lens to view it because it's, you know, it happened in the past. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, but I do think it was, I think it's helpful that we acknowledge or that in this case, I acknowledge there's probably a lot more going on sure. within how she feels and me too. Sure. So as you talk about it and we're kind of putting into that, again, that therapeutic lens as, as you know, oftentimes we sit down in a, in a therapy group to discuss, you know, I guess if I were sitting with your team and, and this manager, I would, you, you've brought up a couple different problematic outcomes. Right. And it seems like the feelings you have towards it right now and just discussing it, that dismissiveness has is, is been minimized, correct? Or at yes. least lowered. Mm-hmm. And it also feels like her feelings we'd also have to take on. So I would ask her if I were sitting and we were having a group discussion, I would ask her kind of the same questions I've asked you. Is there a way that you can do that now? Can you go to her with? These seems, are, are they assumptions? Yeah, you know they're assumptions, but they also seem appropriate. They seem to be reasonable assumptions. And if that's the case, can you go to her and ask her about those and maybe do to her what we just did with you? Mm, yeah. So that's getting back to the asking questions mm-hmm. part of the framework and why that's so important. Because that's where we get the, that more broad understanding of, of the factors that are mm-hmm. coming into play. Yeah. Would you feel comfortable asking those questions? I think in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. You know, again, I'd have to hop in my magic time machine mm-hmm. and go back. This has been quite a while. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I did have that time machine and I could go back probably shortly after the the second interaction where, again, it was the the monologue of, of all the reasons why nothing was re- really going to change right away. and you know, the company needs more time to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. If I could go back to that point in time, you know, maybe I'd schedule a follow-up conversation with that supervisor and just, like we're talking right now, say, mm-hmm. hey, was there something, else? did you feel, you know, I got a sense that you felt a little bit blindsided. Mm-hmm. Or there was, there was, I picked up on some defensiveness is, and just start asking questions. Like where, you know, where's that coming from? Yeah, is it accurate? One. And then, yeah. yeah, where is it coming from? Oh, yeah, you're right. Is it accurate? Did you actually feel that way, or is that me just projecting some of my own stuff? It, 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 happened, right, you know? it might be, and it, it's fair to ask that. And I think that, I think leaders, we're all human, so we're all asking for that. And if that's the case, to, to continue to ask those questions, well, did that, it seems like that defensiveness, that, that being threatened may be driving a thought 
within you. And what is that? Mm-hmm. Does that need to exist? It shouldn't with me. Now, when you get to that point, it seems like you'd, you could provide evidence saying there's no need to feel threatened. I'm not here to take your job. I'm not here to throw you under the bus in front of other, even more senior leadership. I'm trying to find what's healthiest for our organization. That is all. And I want you to know that. And I think that that's what, when you're finally providing that other evidence, that's true evidence. That's probably, she's either not seeing or needs to hear from you. Right. Which never happened. Right. Like that, that part of the conversation that was never put out there. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so again, in retrospect, sure, it'd be great to go back and have that conversation. But looking forward, if I find myself in a situation where I'm I'm feeling that way, mm-hmm. and I can confirm I'm feeling that way, because say a team I'm leading comes to me with some stuff that blindsides me and puts me on my heels, mm-hmm. I think I would hopefully I would go into that interaction with a bit more understanding, sure, just of awareness. myself. Mm-hmm. But hey it's going to be real easy for me to just tell myself, oh, that these people are, are on the attack, right? And, and to immediately slip into a victim type role. Mm-hmm. And I've got a bit more experience now and context based on, on what we've been talking about with that other interaction to handle that in a healthier way, starting with me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just recognizing, hey, my team's coming to me with some good ideas because they're going above and beyond right now. They're yeah. trying to be proactive. They're offering solutions. They're not just sitting there complaining about everything that they think is wrong, yep. which as you said, we're all really good at that. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, it could be healthier or it seems healthier if A, I don't just operate on assumption, that I actually ask the questions to determine, is that assumption true? Sure. It might be something completely different. And I think your assumption was true, probably, given what you've told me, but, but then you're finding more problematic outcomes in, in that process. And that's great. You got nothing to lose. That's that open communication that we hope for. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think, or I, at least I hope from this conversation that, we've, that there's progress. Again, the conversation is the process right? We're, we're breaking it down. We're finding out the true emotions that are happening. We're not just identifying, well, this was a shitty event, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I walked away mad. It's I'm finding much more deeper, complex emotions. And I'm finding actually what I'm probably telling myself as well as I'm now empathetic and I'm trying to understand what this other person may have been feeling as well as what they might be telling themselves. Overall, I think that this is a, I don't know, you tell me, but I feel like this is a great you're providing a much better outcome for both you people as individuals, as well as the organization. Because if you came to that conclusion and the whole team knew that and understood that and had that open communication, well, now you've got a motivated team, correct? Right. Then you've got people thinking, well, I want to solve things in the future. We are going to act, you know, we're, we're going to do what's best for the organization. We're okay thinking that way. And we don't have to be worried about our supervisor being threatened or feeling whatever they were feeling, right? Th- yeah. These are what the, where those conversations need to be happening. So I, I don't know, you tell me, how did you feel about this? Well, again, I, I've never, you know, I've never wanted a time machine more. <laughs> like I want to <laughs> go back and try it again, w- right. you know, with this kind of more practical application mm-hmm. of that process that you're describing and be able to use that because I'd be interested to see how things turned out. I'd be interested yeah. if, if perhaps outcomes would have been better. Would the dialogue thereafter been more open? Yep. And 
people just felt more everyone, everyone at the table, not just me, not my coworkers, not just the the supervisor, but everyone mm-hmm. felt more empowered to just say that stuff, knowing that, hey, I, you know, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to attack you. I'm here for the best needs of the organization. If if we all had that understanding and, and got all those assumptions and those those feelings and and emotions out of the way to just really focus on the the tangible stuff that we think is going to create progress. Yep. Right? Like I'd love to go back and do all that over again with that in mind. So I do think this has been helpful for me cuz I you're right, I'm looking at it differently now, right? Hindsight is is perhaps 2010 yep. in this place. Right. Well, maybe in future episodes we can hear how it turned out or if you still have contact with that person or not. But thanks for giving that to us. And uh, yeah, that, that seems like a perfect example to start with. And uh, I hope our listeners got something out of it or can at least relate to some of that and put it into their own lives and start questioning both their feelings and actions and, and, and their cognitions and beliefs and decisions and, and change those that might be problematic. So yeah. thanks. Oh, and hey, real quick plug before we get off here. If you have situations from your experience Hit us up on our website. Send us a story. You don't have to include names, details, time frames, any of that stuff. Just give us the, give us an, a basic idea of what the interaction was, and we'll take that on anecdotally too. I mean, I've got a lot of examples, but I don't want to just use my examples. I'd love to be able to do this with, with everyone. So, good idea. Theslogpod.com. Leave your comments there. We'll review those, and who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about one of your situations and looking for some solutions for you. Sounds good. Thanks, T. Yeah, good talking to you, Dustin. We'll see you next time on The Slog Pod. See you on the next episode.